But uh, now, again, my name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors. If I haven't met you, please grab me before you leave today. I do want to do want to meet with you. Uh, we have a lot of folks who want to be able to connect with you as well. And what we're doing, I'm going to try to catch you up on the series that we're in. Right now, we're in the story. Uh, this is going to be the last time we do the story for a little bit. We're going to take a few weeks off until Easter so we can do pick back up in the story uh, when we start talking about Resurrection Sunday and Jesus rises, rising from the dead. And so that's going to be a lot of fun. In fact, uh, Easter is early this year. It's March 30th, is that right? Something like that? Anybody know? I probably should have practiced before I sued this. But, um, but uh, yeah, but, but it is early. I know it's in March. It's like the end of March, so it's a little early this year. It's going to be a little colder. We have our uh, sunrise service and all that kind of stuff too. So, but man, I, I, you know, so we'll pick up, pick up the uh, story again. Let me kind of catch you a little bit back up. If you don't know what the story is, the story is a, a, uh, an abridged version of the Bible. And what it is, it, it's not a replacement of the Bible. We never want to ever do anything to replace the Bible. We believe the Bible to be in the inspired, inerrant Word of God. And we want people to read the story so that we can understand the Scriptures a little bit more. What it does is it, is it takes excerpts out, kind of the highlight, hits the highlights of the Scriptures, puts them in chronological order, got some you know, commentary and that kind of thing in there. And it helps us to understand the scriptures a little bit more. And what we went from Genesis all the way up to, and uh, the Christmas Eve service was the birth of Jesus. And right now we're in what's called chapter 25, Jesus, the, the Son of God. And I want to talk a little bit about what that means today. And last week we talked about, or a couple weeks ago we talked about Jesus re- beginning his ministry. And he starts saying, hey, repent, the kingdom of heaven is near and he did the sermon on the mount and all that kind of stuff talking about the beatitudes we talked about it last week and he comes last week and we talked about him being no ordinary man that he comes and he speaks with authority and he says you've heard it said uh, do not commit adultery but i tell you that if you do so in in your heart if you lust for someone in your heart you've heard it said do not commit murder but i tell you that if you have anger towards some, toward a brother in your heart. So he started establishing that this is not just an outward act of sin, but an inward heart issue. And he establishes that authority. And he shows us last week when we talked about how to battle God's way. We got all kinds of things going on in our community. You got people against one another, people against one another, people for this, for that, against this, against that. And everybody in that whole scenario is wrong that says, hey, look, you know, it's okay no matter what you believe, no matter what you do, it's totally cool. As long as you're a good person, charitable, everybody goes to heaven except for Hitler. And then you got this other group that says, no, 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 everybody's going to hell. God hates you, God hates you. You got this other group of people back here going, oh, we hate this, we hate that. And here's Jesus going, hey, I'm full of grace and truth. Amen? Like, 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 like he points out the sin to the woman at the well, but he doesn't condemn her for it. And what we understand is that John 3, 16 says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him will be saved, right? And saved means that we're, that we're saved from something. In fact, John 3, 17 even kind of explains that a little bit more. It says, for, God did not come, for Christ did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world because the world was condemned already. It's like, it's just so funny to me to hear people talk like, like, you're going to go straight to hell for doing that. Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, the, 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 the sky's blue. It's like our destiny is already to that. Does that make sense? This is what the scriptures say. So when Jesus comes, steps into the scene, he steps into the scene as Savior and Lord. 
And so we need to understand that. that we're not, we're not There's no possible way that I or anybody else could condemn somebody to hell. That's ridiculous. We're already there. Unless we have a Savior. And so this is where we start picking up in, in, in the story when it says Jesus, the Son of God. And see, this is Baptism Sunday. If anybody needs to get baptized, some of you might want to feel like getting wet after this one. I'm just saying, all right? You might want to get dunk. Hope you got your swimming trucks. You don't need them. We'll figure something out. Somebody will go down to Walmart and pick you something out, man. Don't worry about it. But understand something. When Jesus comes onto the scene and he is about to leave his disciples, he says, there, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Disciples. Baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And... Don't just stop there. Because this is what most churches do, right? We say, you're in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We now baptize you. You're wet. Go, you're a disciple now. Yay. We do nothing with them. Right? Because what he says is teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. And so that's what we do here. So we don't just leave you at the altar. We don't just, hey, you're now married to Jesus. Some of you guys freaked out. I'm like, I'm married to you. Yeah, I know, I get it. I get it. But we're, we're committed to Jesus. We live with Jesus. We walk with Jesus. We, through his Holy Spirit that is, that is indwelling in us. Right? Catch me? You catch me on this, right? You guys, I hear no amens. What's going on? All right, I'm just kidding. Make sure you're awake. That's all right. Amen is just simply a, an affirmation. May it be. Now, if you think amen is too churchy, you know, I'm a fan of rap music. If you want to say holla, uh, word, word up, word to your mother, whatever, that's totally cool. I know that's right, cool. But understand what amen means. Amen is may it be. I agree. Did somebody fall out? No, we're good. Okay, cool. Ah, what's up, baby? So let's get into Mark 8. And let's talk about this whole Jesus being the son, this whole idea. And I, and I can't explain what a, a trinity, a triune nature of God is. I, I can't do it, possibly do it justice. I mean, people have tried to explain it in all kinds of ways. I had somebody uh, come, to, come to me this morning and say, hey, uh, I, I figured it out. It's like, like water, right? Because water can be liquid, it can be gas, it can be ice, but it's all the same thing, right? I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's true, but, but, but God's like God. I mean, you know, like, and he's right. And so I, I can't possibly explain the Trinity or the triune nature of God uh, and do it justice. Uh, but if you don't mind me kind of trying, I'm going to. Is that cool? Because just like we are, we have a body, we have a mind, we have a soul, each with distinct roles in our existence. We can't really have one without the other. If the soul leaves our body, we're dead. If we're quote unquote brain dead but still have an alive body we're really not there i mean people you know you, know, you catch what i'm saying on so we have these three elements which make sense because we're, we're we're created in the image of of god in fact the genesis said let us make man in our image it's the father the son the holy spirit kind of all encompassed into into one and that won't do it justice but it shouldn't because if we could fully understand god anyway he wouldn't be worth worshiping amen mark 8 Starting in verse 27. In the story, page 353. <laughs> Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around... Uh, man, somebody help me out with this. How do you say that? I heard Caesarea, I heard Caesarea, I heard Caesarea. Now the second one. Caesarea. Philippi, cool. All right, can we just say Caesarea? Yeah, you got that. You, you guys say it, and I'll say Philippi. I got that one. So villages around.
Philippi, on the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? And, and so I want to kind of pause there for a second because this is not Jesus going, hey, uh, disciples, you know, we're kind of hanging out and everything. Uh, what are people saying about me? Because I want to know, are they, are they mad or anything? Or do I, do I need to re, re, kind of redirect what I say or anything like that? I mean, I mean people aren't angry or anything. Well, I mean, uh, he's not saying that, is he? You ever known somebody like that? Drives you crazy, doesn't it? It's ain't Jesus. Jesus is walking with a swagger, man. He's like, hey, who do people say that I am? See, because this is a great question. Because I, I, I did a, uh, a post it on Facebook this week, and I never get hardly any likes. I don't know, people don't like me or something, I don't know what it is. I got like three likes, like, man, that's like a magnet, why are you crazy, man? But, but for some reason, I got like a hundred responses on this, both on my personal and, my, and the New City page. I'm like, whoa, cool, you know, maybe I ought to keep it simple. But I got to say one word, describe Jesus with one word, just, just do that. And I got all kinds of different responses. I got one said, amazing. Uh, another person said love. Another person said foundation. I kind of like that. Uh, another person said life. I like all these, by the way. One person said speaker. One person said holy. One person said more. One person said inspiring. One person said perfect, amazing, everything, mine. I like that. Great, savior, enough, speaker. Lord, and atonement. If you guys don't mind what I'd like to do, because I always love to do this, I like to find out what Jesus said about himself. I think what we need to do is make sure we align ourselves with him, amen? And so what did Jesus say about himself? When he's talking to the, to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes and the, the religious folks, man, they're like, they're like hey, man, uh, who, who are you? And he said, hey, before Abraham was, I am. Wow. Do you, do you understand the parallel with that is that when God said to Moses, who, when Moses said, hey, God, uh, who, who am I supposed to say sent me? He said, tell them I am sent you, meaning Jesus is saying, I'm the same. I, I've, I've met with Muslims, I've met with Buddhists, I've met with, uh, with uh, Seventh-day Adventists. I've met, a lot of folks do not think that Jesus ever claimed to be God. And here's what he said, I am. John 10, 30, I and the Father are what? One, you see me, you see the Father is what he says next. In fact, the Pharisees picked up stones to stone him after that. They're like, hey, what are, you, what are you stoning me for? For the great things that I've done? He goes, no, because you and your man claim to be God. I am he when he says to the woman at the well, when she's saying, hey, I know the Messiah is coming. He's like, the one you're talking about, the Messiah, I'm him. I am the way talking to his disciples, the truth and the life. And he goes on to say that no one comes to the Father except through me. There is no coexist at all. By the way, if you have a coexist bumper sticker, our parking team is going to scrape it off. They have a special. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Because Jesus says, I'm it. He didn't say, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the greatest ways that you'll ever find because I'm so cool. I'm I am it. I'm the way, the truth, the life. He says, I am the gate or the door for the sheep to the to heaven, I am the good shepherd. Those are all things he said about himself. And so we got to make sure we're aligning. Not that any of what we said was wrong, because all those things are described in the scriptures as well. Mark 8, starting in verse 28, in the story, page 353. They replied, when he asked, who do, you say, who, do you, who do people say that I am? He said, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, 
one of the prophets. It's like you're, you're, you're up there, Jesus, but you're not up there, up there, right? You're like there, you're one of them, but you're not like there, there. What about you, he asked. And I want you guys to look at that scripture, and I want you to look at it hard. And I want you to, I want you to look at this, because I think God is saying, what about you? What about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Messiah, the anointed one that was predicted and characterized in the Old Testament over 300 specific times from, from where he would be born to what he would do when he was here and how he would die. And then realize that this dude is real. Muhammad doesn't have this. Uh, Buddha doesn't have this. Confucius doesn't have this. This is incredible. And I looked at that and said, wait a second. He said, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. And he then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be, what? Killed. And after three days, rise again. He's telling them this. I've heard people say, I don't think Jesus knew any of this was coming. I'm like, uh, you got to read, baby. You know? You got to read it. Because if we don't read this, if we don't understand this, we're going to get maligned. And, now, and, and, and the, guy, the guardrails are going to be going to off and we're going to be shooting off people like hey man is this right should we be doing this is this right read many times jesus looked at his folks and they were asking him questions and he said haven't you read and i love that he spoke plainly about this and peter took him aside and began to rebuke him but when jesus turned and looked at his disciples see here's peter going no way, Jesus. You're not going to go through this. This is not right, right? And how many of us do this kind of thing? We look at what God is doing, what God is allowing, what God is saying, this is, this is not right, God. How dare you, God? And, and we look at this, and here's what Peter's doing. Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to die. I'm going to be, uh, be maligned. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to rise after three days. And Peter's going, no, Jesus, no. No, that's not right. Can't do that what jesus says and you go hey man peter it's cool baby <laughs> no he doesn't man because jesus is aligning himself with the father he's he's so focused on his story he's so focused on what he's here to do he's so focused on the task at hand that god has given him to do and he says rebuke peter he says get behind me satan wow he said you do not have in mind the concerns of god but merely Human concerns, it's all we can see. This isn't right. This can't happen. This can't, be, this can't be what you want, God. There's no way. That's just, that's too long. So one of the major things in Scripture, and I love the fact that Scripture lines this out over and over and over and, and over and over and over. He lines this in Scripture is that, that we're supposed to be like, like our natural desires and those kinds of things are supposed to be submissive to the supernatural desires that God has for us. In fact, how many people have you had, had say things like, well, it's only natural to sleep with this person, or it's only natural to do this kind of a thing, it's only natural. So, so if you are a sincere person and that kind of thing, but the whole idea of the Scriptures is that we don't submit to our natural desires. Amen? We submit to the supernatural desires that God has for us. Who we are with, what we do, where we go, all should be aligned by is indwelling Holy Spirit guiding us with what we 
what we do. I'm amazed by that. We just simply want to align our story with his upper story. Verse 34, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, God, this is crazy. Man, this is wild. Whoever wants to be my disciple must... Oh, 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 what, what are you going to make? I just got to deny myself. Yeah. Must deny themselves. And do one of the most horrific things, one of the worst things you could do in the first century Roman culture, even talk about a cross, much less look at it. He says, take up their cross and follow me. I'm going to explain something here because his disciples' minds were probably blown at this point, going, are you kidding me? Did you hear what he just said, man? We're going to take up a what? Man, in the first century, naturally, nobody wants to be on a cross, right? We get that. Nobody wants to be on a cross. And in the first century, the cross was like the worst, most hideous form of punishment that you could ever think of. And in fact, the Roman citizens weren't even allowed to talk about a cross. I mean, publicly. If they did, they got in trouble. There's, I took a class. I'm not a big seminary guy. I took a couple of classes at seminary as some of you guys have here too. And, and uh, Dr. Alan Thomason is an expert in first century Roman Empire culture. One of the things he said was that they have actual court documents that, that state that people got off very easily for beating someone else up very up to the point of death. Like, like they're looking at somebody and go, well, he didn't commit murder, but we got to really punish this guy. And they, they looking at these court documents and said, well, uh, your honor, he said to take up a cross. And Jeff says, well, guess he shouldn't have done that. Slap on the wrist, you're free to go. That you could actually be taken to court for someone telling you, take up a cross. They could take you to court. I mean, this is a hideous thing for somebody to say. And Jesus told his disciples, this is what you're to do. I thought you said this was going to be a fun place. Man, it is, because this is, this is all worth it. Amen? It's all worth it, man. We win. Jesus is... He's victorious. He's paid the price, man. We get, we're on the winning side here, so we deny ourselves temporarily so we have an absolute inheritance of glory in a kingdom that is to come that is mind-boggling and nobody can even explain. Paul even said it was indescribable. Verse 38, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Man, this don't sound like what the world, this don't sound like what I'm learning in school here, man. This don't sound like what I'm learning in my leadership classes. This don't sound like what I'm, what I'm reading in my self-help books. This doesn't sound anything like that. This sounds like God. For what good is it to someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. I'm going to finish with this part here, man. This is where, where God declares, Father declares the Son, man. And in Matthew 17, 1 through 9, and the, the story, page 354, man, listen to what happens here. This is crazy, wild stuff. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, that was his inner three guys. Those were his homeboys, right? The guys that he could, he could hang with with like nobody else. I'm sure the, the rest of the 12 probably were like, how can we get to go there? But there were men too. Peter, James, and John, the brother of, Jesus, of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. 
There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as the light. Other scriptures talk about that there was, there was, no, there was whiter than any launderer could, could make it. And I'm driving, I'm, you know, I work during the week, and I'm driving, I've got ladders on my truck, and I'm working on the roofs and stuff like that. I'm thinking about as we, uh, this whole scripture about, why, did he, why was it white, right? And why, was the, why, why couldn't it be purple or orange or anything like that? I mean, I'm looking at this going, wait a second now. And then it hit me, Genesis. What, what was the first thing God created? Let there be light. And this is, what color is here? Black, okay, cool. Black. H- how do we know? Because it's the way this, this reflects off of, like all the, all the colors, none of the colors of the color spectrum bounce off the black into our eyes. It's black because it absorbs. You ever notice like a black asphalt in the, winter, in the summertime and it's really hot and you can step on the concrete because it's lighter, right? Because it's a... And then I'm looking at the, like, like the back of this page is what? It's white. How do we know? Because all the colors of the spectrum are. Whoo. Jesus said we're to be the light of the world. And I, and I go back to Genesis. I'm like, how did God do that? Except, because there's no evolution here, right? I mean, you know, we talk about evolution coming from monkeys and all that kind of stuff, which I think is bunk. But then we start thinking about light, magnetism, and force, and all that kind of stuff, gravity, all that kind of stuff, where you say, well, how did that happen? And you start thinking about how did God, how, how did light evolve that, that had a Roy G. Biv color spectrum? You know, that's how it works. That's how it Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. And it's all, it's all, like, it's all like coming out, right? And it's brighter than anything we could think of because, because this is the light shining. It's a reflection of the creation of God. Who said, first thing he said, let there be light, which is an incredible, amazing proof of God's creation, of God's validity. Light can evolve. And what we can do with light, we can even make lasers out of it. We can bounce it off. We can, it, 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 it literally, like one color, if it's orange, that orange comes back in our eye and everything else, that's what? How does that happen? Sorry. guys know I'm weird and keep coming back anyway. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Then he appeared before Moses. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah. The law and the prophets. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill them. He's the fulfillment of all this. And they're talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And, and, and even in that, he's like not really understanding who Jesus is. He's putting them, lumping them together with these guys. And this is fun, Jesus, man. I like it up here, man. This is cool. I don't want to go back down. Please don't make me go back down While he was speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. Yeah, I'd probably pee in my pants too. You would too, don't laugh. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up. He said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. They were coming down from the mountain. Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone, anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. And I want to I finish with this, guys. It's the last thing I want you to think about. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit as the Father has sent Jesus. He sends that for us. And we have in us the indwelling of that Holy Spirit, meaning we walk with God. We walk with the Father. We walk with the Son. We have in us the Holy Spirit. And I want you on your bulletins, I really want you to look at this. I want you to imagine God, since we have God in us, both collectively and individually as a person and collectively as a church, put your name in these slots. This is Pete, my child, whom I love. With Pete, I am well pleased. This is Kyle. My child, whom I love, with Kyle, I am well pleased. This is Daniel, my child, whom I love, with Daniel, I am well pleased. This is Alicia, this is Janice, this is Lissa, this is Sue, this is Leota, this is Ward, this is Tim, this is Chris, this is Chris. This is my child, whom I love. And I want you to put this, don't, don't lie in church, okay? This is church, you ain't supposed to lie. If you can't put that there because you have not accepted this gift of, of salvation, this, this gift that God has paid the price for, if you can't put that there, don't put it. But if you want to put it there, talk to somebody this morning. You're going to have a few people that are going to meet you in the back. I'll be here. Man, come grab me. This is important for us to understand that I want God to be pleased with me. I want to be his child. And if you can't do that because you don't have that yet, put it down. And you're going to, I mean, I mean, if you can't put it down, talk to one of us. And if that leads to you going, you know what? I've never done that. I need to be baptized. The water's warm. This don't happen very often. Sometimes it's cold. We'll fill it up, we'll fill it up just for the heck out of the Put a little ice in it. But if you can't, guys, fill in that blank with your name, you have an opportunity to be able to do that. Amen? Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for this son that you sent. This amazing, beautiful, incredible son that you sent that fulfilled the law, fulfilled the prophets, saved our sorry behinds. 
For we were destined, Lord, for an eternity separated from You. Yet, in the midst of that default of where we were going, You sent Your Son to die a horrible death and save us from a horrible existence, Lord. No one else in history can say that. God, either Jesus was crazy or a liar or God, He is your Son. He is our Lord. And may we simply rest in that, deny ourselves from this point on, God, and move forward resting in You listening to you, guided by you, obeying. That's in your son's amazing, impossible name. All New City Church says, amen.